Welcome to the New Day Community Church Sermon Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by this message from the Kalamazoo, Michigan campus. For more info on the church, visit newdaycommunity.org. Tonight is about being touched by God in some way. And I pray that each and every one here tonight receives a touch from the Lord. And it might come through something that's said. For me, a, a revelation of a new truth lasts longer than goosebumps or even falling down on the floor. You know, I can meditate on the revelation of a truth for the rest of my life. You know, but the goosebumps are nice because they're like exclamation points on the, the message, you know, or, or bending over or whatever it is. But those things are just part of the package. The, the real prize is knowing Christ, knowing Jesus, and being known by Him. Ah, that Jesus knows you. You know, you remember that place in the Bible where it says, you know, they did all kinds of charismatic things. You did all kinds of charismatic stuff. You prophesied and cast out demons. And Jesus looks at him and says, we did all that stuff, Jesus. And Jesus says, yeah, but I didn't know you. I didn't know you. So we want to be known by him. That means we let our walls down and, and we give him permission to allow his spirit to search our innermost being. And that transforms us, right? So let's just open our hearts to receive from him. And we're going to take an offering. So if the offering guys would get ready. And if you're not ready to give at this moment, if you don't have your stuff prepared, there is a box setting by the little counter thingy under the connection counter sign. That, uh, Seth is holding up the box. Look at the box. So on top of that box, there's a hole. And in that hole can fit any kind of dollar or denomination. We take all denominations here. We take tens and twenties and fifties and the hundreds. Or you can write a check to New Day, simply New Day. All the money that goes in that box, all the money that goes into those offering plates that are going to be passed in just a minute. Or if you got one of those little card thingies, like a credit card or a debit card, there's a little iPad thing over there, and you slide it, and you push some buttons, and you figure it out. If you need help, ask, and somebody will help you. It's pretty easy. And you can give that way as well. There's a button on there that says Revival Weekend. looks just like this sign up here. You push that, designate your money to that, and it'll go to this offering. So you're asking me, well, Cameron, Pastor Cameron, what is this offering for? Well, you know what? It is not to pay for John and Dan to get here. Because guess what? They're already here. And it's not for you to purchase something to take home. Because it's gonna, we're going to give it out for free. All right? But you know what? It's for the opportunity for you to demonstrate how you value, what value you place on what you receive or what you hope to receive tonight or what you have received, if you're like me, 
to the ministry of John or not, Carol or not, Toronto, Dan Slade, Partners in Harvest, what you have received or what you want to receive. Um, because we're going to take all of the money that comes in and give it to John or not and Dan Slade uh, as a love offering. And all the expenses for putting this conference on, this church has already paid for. All right? Because we want to bless these people who have blessed us and blessed the world. All right? So prayerfully, give what the Lord puts on your heart. Guys, would you come on forward? There's the ushers, a couple of people with baskets. Hey, Al, can you come up with a bath? Oh, there you are. <laughs> you got it? Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't see you, Cyrus. Sorry. You ready? Let's pray. Thank you, Daddy. Everybody say, thank you, Daddy, for all the stuff you give us. And we're happy to give some back. In Jesus' name. Amen. Go ahead and pass the basket, guys. Well, my life has been transformed uh, over the past 20 years through the ministry that I've received from uh, uh, John and Carol Arnott and the whole Catch the Fire team uh, based in Toronto, but now really worldwide through Dan uh, Slade and pa Partners in Harvest. It's a network that this church is a part of. Uh, and uh, the values, you know, it's more than just a big meeting, uh, conference. It's the values that really changed our ministries, uh, our ministry and my life personally. And it's those values of knowing God as a loving father and, and, and intimacy, hearing God's voice and getting our hearts healed up, getting the stuff dealt with and, uh, 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 <laughs> and then equipping and extending the kingdom, <laughs> right? The fire of God shot and more. <laughs> um, and so I'm honored to... to to receive uh, John or not, would you give him a big hand? And John, would you come up and share? Okay, thank you, Cameron. Boom. Oh. Hi, everybody. Good evening. It's just great to be here in Michigan with all of you. What a fun time. You know, where, wherever the Holy Spirit is moving, you can't help but have, have a good time. And uh, I suppose everybody here is pretty much used to it because it's been 22 years after all. And a good number of you have been along to Toronto in the meetings that we did there. And we still do there and continue to do there. But we did nightly meetings for 12 years. And uh, just saying that sort of makes me stop and go, you did what? Because protracted meetings are, are, are something that you just don't do for the sake of doing. There has to be something going on. And, uh, yeah, the Lord was powerfully moving, continues to move powerfully. We're working on it. Can you hear it at the back? No? <laughs> so, uh, are the, is that the mains on now then? Okay. 
anyway, it's it's been an amazing thing to witness in our day because I used to love reading about former revivals and the the power that would would come and the fruit that would come and and somehow they were always the sanitized versions though that that I got and it was just sort of very mysterious god moved and many came to know the lord kind of a thing but they never told you usually never told you all of the the nitty gritty you know about the about the, the the manifestations and the noise and the commotion and the power that was released on people and so that part kind of blindsided us and we had to work through all that and dig into Jonathan Edwards uh, accounts and things like that so that we realized that when the Holy Spirit moves um, it's 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 not just real tidy, real predictable, real uh, low-key. It's people getting radically touched by the living God so that they're never the same again. And so we fell in love with it, friends. And uh, we could just never go back to being the way we used to be, although it wasn't really all that bad. But just compared to this, it was no fun at all, you know. <laughs> and so it's been 22 years of just glory and fun and fruitfulness and uh, a lot of Christianity that needed to be explained. <laughs> so we had a good time here this afternoon with a few friends and uh, just touching, the Lord touching them. And, and how many were here this afternoon? Any of you were here? Any of you get a healing this afternoon? Yeah? One, two, three, three or four of you. Why don't I have a couple of you come up and just tell us. Come on up, young man. You had a headache, I think it was, right? And it was, uh, yeah, well, tell us. So I was uh, sitting in my chair with a headache, and John was talking about uh, people with pain, and I thought, well, it's not really that bad. And... Uh, I knew a lot of people that probably had worse pain than I did. And he goes, uh, he just says, you don't deserve this pain. He said, it's not something that was caused by a fault of your own. I was thinking, well, I didn't drink enough water. I didn't get enough sleep. And he goes, uh, Jesus took a, a whipping for that. He said, for headaches. I said, all right, I'm in on this prayer. So I started, <laughs> I started agreeing with what John was saying. And as soon as I agreed, instantly, that headache left my head, and it hasn't been back since. That's good. You know, headaches count. And uh, healing, healing the sick is something for every single one of you in this room to do. And, uh, you know, when I was first trying to get words of knowledge, uh, you know, it's a, partly it's according to your faith. And so you say, okay, Lord, give me give me a word or whatever, and the thought headache would go through your, your, your mind, you know, and you'd be like, no, 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 I want, I want a real, real word of knowledge, you know. <laughs> and you get it again, headache. And then the Lord spoke to me and he said, you're not getting it, are you? See, if I say headache to you, that means I want to heal somebody's headache. 
And, uh, and so I started, you know, just calling those out as I, as I got that word. And again and again, there were just serious uh, headaches. People had them, and they're always bad anyway, but sometimes they're really bad, like migraines and everything else. So it's always good when God heals somebody, whether it's major or minor. And so, um, yeah, just go with the headaches even. Stretch your hands toward this young man. What's your name again? Reuben. Reuben. Fire on Reuben, Lord. More than he can possibly manage. Come upon him. In the name of Jesus. Boom. Let it come. Who else had their hand up and said something good happened to me? Okay, run up. Come on. What's your name? Bill. Bill? What happened to you, Bill? Well, it's probably face everybody. Uh, I'm training for a marathon. I really like to run. And for the last couple of months, I could train, but... Uh, just squatting down to play with the kids or going up and down the stairs hurt a lot uh, in my left knee. And uh, so John had asked people in the afternoon just to stand up uh, if they wanted healing. And uh, my wife did. So I thought, oh, I'll stand next to her. <laughs> and I uh, wasn't really believing for anything, actually. <laughs> and, um, and felt nothing. But uh, and then after John had prayed, he said, well, why don't you why don't you try out whatever? you know, you were believing for, and uh, so I thought, well, I'll try it out, even though I wasn't believing for it, but I, I squatted down, and my knee didn't hurt at all, which was, hasn't happened for a couple of months, solid, and uh, I was doing lunges and all the good stuff that, that was hurting before. That's so good. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Fire on him right here, Holy yeah. Spirit. Thank you, Lord. And how are you doing, young lady? I am, I'm doing really well. I mean, I raised my hand during worship. I couldn't do that without it hurting before. So it's just, it's just really good. She was telling us earlier she fell off a log <laughs> or jumped off and landed wrong and fell or whatever happened and tore her tendon. And uh, they had to, s had to suture that together. And it's in a cast here, but that's not what was bothering her. She you really, really injured her shoulder in the fall. And so it's just all fine again. Isn't that good? Thank you, Lord. Fill her up, Daddy. Fill her up. Fill her up. We're here with, uh, you know, Dan and myself, we, we are privileged to be able to travel much of the world. It's just been a very busy year so far. Uh, let's see, gosh, we've been in Korea, Australia, New Zealand, California, Europe, Ukraine, France, England. I mean, it just goes on and on like that because the world is hungry for the presence of God. And healings are becoming more and more available, I think would be a good word. But it's more than that. People are longing for an encounter with the living God. It's not enough just to have a Christian tradition, as wonderful as that is. I'm very thankful for mine. But we want to connect with the living God. And so that's what's going on all over the world. 
And sometimes when you, if you don't get travel much, you can almost develop a sort of a micro view of, of things. You're, you're aware that there's stuff going on around you a little bit. But I'm telling you, the world is on fire for God right now. There's tremendous things happening in all these nations. And uh, no matter where you go, Russia, um, Africa, China, Southeast Asia, and even the Middle East now is just, just on fire for God. We just had a school team in France, and they've never seen anything like it. So many coming to Jesus, so many miracles happening. You know, you get a terrorist attack, it kind of wakes people up that, hey, you know, uh, uh, life is short, and wh where are you going to spend eternity? And they start thinking about that. And I would encourage all of you to think about that. Where are you planning on spending eternity? Because heaven is real, and hell is also real. It's not popular anymore. I don't think it was ever popular. But it's real nonetheless. Why? Because people who are determined uh, to walk in disobedience and self-centeredness and everything, apart from uh, encountering Jesus Christ, they're, they're, you know, there's no salvation outside of you having to be born again. And so if you're here tonight and you don't know him as your personal savior, I mean, the greatest miracle that can happen to you is that you be born again by the Holy Spirit. And so it's not nothing to do with the church, in a sense, as to what church you go to, but it has everything to do with where you're going to spend your eternity. We need a Savior, friends. His name is Jesus. And he's God who came as a man, and uh, no one else will do. You can be a good person. It's not good enough because you're not perfect. You need to have your sins forgiven and a Savior come into your heart who loves you. So we're going to be talking about that stuff tonight. And uh, But before we do, I want to introduce you to Mike Rogers. Mike is a friend of ours. He's, he's a coordinator with us with Partners in Harvest, our network. He's from North Carolina, and he's an accountant by profession. He does our bookkeeping and accounting for our U.S. office and for... Carol and I personally takes care of us with even our Canadian income now. He knows about Canadian income tax. But he's also the pastor of a church. And uh, Mike, I'd like you to tell them the story about what happened to you when you came to Toronto and then went back home to your Methodist church. How all, all y'all doing? <laughs> See, y'all in the South is one person, all y'all is plural. I don't know if y'all know that. Yeah, so we went up to Toronto in the year 2000, and I just got, I, w I was just totally taken back by everything. I thought I was really wide open until I got to that place. And, uh, but, you know, I asked the Holy Spirit, I said, God, is this you? And, he's, and I just got that yes. So I was like, God, I don't understand it, but I want you. And it happened on the second to the last day, and, I was in the lunch line at the, it, it just, I'll never forget, I was in the lunch line at the cafeteria, and you, you had the little card, like the, you know, you wear it, the meal card, and uh, she would punch, she had a hole punch, and she would punch holes for your meal in it, 
And so I got up to her and I just froze. And uh, she goes, I need to punch your card. And I fell backwards and cried. <laughs> and I just, <laughs> and uh, I was just bawling. It's like the father's love invaded me. And all the, the fights I had with my dad in high school were just melting away. And it was just incredible. And she leaned over, and uh, I, I was feeling bad because I was holding up the lunch line. I've had this incredible encounter, and I'm feeling really conscious about it. And she leans over, and she goes, that's all right, honey. It happens to a lot of people around here. <laughs> but I still need to punch your card. <laughs> so she punched my card. I grabbed my food, crawled to the corner, and bawled in it the whole, whole time. Uh, I gave a testimony. I, I felt the Lord told me to fill out the testimony sheet, and there's like 3,000 people there. And I said, God, they certainly won't call me. And the first person they called <laughs> was me. And I got up, and all I remember was when they were, they carried me off the platform. <laughs> and Carol came over and soaked me for the whole message. And Georgian Banoff was speaking. <laughs> and But Carol just prayed, and I've never had anyone pray for me that long before like 40 minutes, and um, something happened. I got on the airplane, and there was a grapefruit-sized throbbing heat ball right here. Just <laughs> And I was with a friend that I went up there, and he was a pastor of a small Methodist church. And I said, I think I picked something up up there. <laughs> and... <laughs> And uh, he says, well, we have a Wednesday night service. I want you to come. So I said, okay. So this is a real country Methodist church, the white frame with a little graveyard out the side. There was a plaque over the front door, enter the house of the Lord with reverence. <laughs> so we get there to the service, and we're singing hymns. And I'm just feeling this, and I'm thinking, God, I'm not going to push anything. I'm not going to do this. It's going to be you or nothing. So we got to the last hymn, and there was one of the elders, this lady. She was in her 70s, which at the time I thought was very old. Now I don't think so. Yeah. And she was one of the elders, and um, she would have been one of the ones that stopped revival in that church. So everyone sat down but her, and she's holding her book, and she's frozen solid like this. And then she starts going, and it was really odd because everyone's waiting for her to sit down. And she goes, I'm stuck. <laughs> I'm stuck. And I, I thought to myself, it's happening. And one of the other elders, this gentleman also in his 70s, thought he would get up and be a gentleman and help her get unstuck. So he stands up in the pew, and I, I'm not kidding, I'm not exaggerating this. The fire of God came in and violently threw him back into the pew, baptized him in the Holy Spirit, and he started shouting in tongues. And I haven't said a word. I've just been to Toronto. 
and I got up and I was speaking. It was my shortest sermon. I go, the altar is open. And people rushed. And they had extended meetings for the next four months in this little Methodist church. This anointing is still here. Just raise your hand and say, God, I want that. Could you imagine taking that back into your family, into your work? Wow. Into your workplace, into your church. Lord, let those balls of fire. Remember the balls of fire? Yeah, yeah. I want you all to catch this. Okay. Oh, it's getting heavy. You ready? Fire! Whoa. There it is. Fire! Wow. Catch this, guys. Come on. Fire! One more time. Come on. Here you go. Here. Oh, fire! God bless. That's it. I can't think of anything else. I want to know more about what what you were feeling right there. What does it feel like? It was this heat, and it, it was just, it would throb like your heart would beat, but it would be an exaggerated beat of this heat, like right here. And it was on with me that, that whole time until it was released in that church. Amazing. So the Holy Spirit, you, you don't see him, but you can feel him. Sometimes he's fiery. Sometimes he's weighty. Sometimes it's a wind and a heat and a presence, you know. But it's just so fantastic that we can have these encounters with him. And we, we discovered something real early on, and it was this, that people really want God. They don't necessarily want a church program. Or they don't want to be uh, kicked around or, you know, they, they, they want something that's real, yeah. really God. They want God. And the second thing was God really wants people. And so we thought this is perfect. We got people who want God and God wants people. And so we just let it. Let it happen. We just let it happen and let him come. And he wants to come on you yeah. like he did on Mike. And when we learn to spend time in his presence, uh, the more you do that, the more intense it can become. But th this is a reality. It's not, it's not a mental game. It's not, a, it's not imagination. There's a reality to it. It's the promises of God in the Bible. He wants to pour out his spirit on all flesh. That includes you. 
And then once you re start receiving it, there's, there's nothing like it. And you begin to wonder, why was I afraid of this? Uh, the, the, the fear comes in when you feel like this strange whatever it is is taking over me. But when you realize, no, this is, this is God who's doing that, and you can surrender to that. Don't surrender to the wrong spirit, of course, but surrender to the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. And, and he fills you with life and freedom and joy and peace and love and all that good stuff. So, Mike, I'm really happy for what, what God did to you that day. I'm so glad you came. He came sort of wondering... Uh, are these people all crazy or like what? But once he caught it, then he understood, see, because that's the fruit of it. So you can't just go by what it looks like. Yeah. You can't go by Dan running around shouting Ariba or, <laughs> or, or Mike doing what he does, or, or any of us for that matter. It's, it's, the, it's the fruit of the Holy Spirit impact on your life. And I want you to hunger and thirst after that. Thanks, yeah. Mike. You can see. I want you to hunger and thirst after it tonight and tomorrow night and then from then on all the rest of your life because we found out that you cannot overdose on this stuff. <laughs> There's no toxic levels. It's all amazing. It really, really is. How many of you want God tonight? Will you just tell him? Just yeah. get honest for a moment and tell him. Lord, with all my heart, I really want more of you. I don't need to put on a show. I don't need to, I don't need to try to hype something up. I don't need to pretend. I, I just want reality. I want the God of the Bible to reveal himself to me in a whole new way, yeah. in a fresh new way. And I want you to come and prepare me, Lord, for what you're about to do on the earth. Boom. Boom. We all have a sense that something big is up. Yes. Yes. It's just being reflected all over the place. It's reflected in the Middle East and their problems. It's reflected in Europe and, and all the confusion there. It's reflected here in America with the election pressing. And we're like, God, what's going on? And you were getting ready to do something big on the earth. And there's a revival coming that is going to be like nothing since the book of Acts. And when that hits, I don't want anybody in this room to be afraid of it and run away. Now listen, there will be people who are scared to death of it. And they were, some of them may be people you, you love and honor. And they'll say, if you know what's good for you, you won't get anywhere near that stuff. But they're wrong, let me tell you. They're wrong. Yeah. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are about to move mightily over the face of the whole earth. And I want to be in on it with all of my being. I'm so thankful I didn't miss this present move. And... I don't want to miss the one that goes times 10 either. Do you? Yeah. So turn to your friend and say, you haven't seen anything yet.
because it's about to really, really, really <sighs> get good. Why don't we do this? Just take a moment and love on him. Hold your hands out and just say some nice things to him. Father, thank you for your mercy. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for pouring out your spirit. Thank you for caring for us every day of our lives. You go before us. You come behind us. You, every, every good and perfect gift comes down from you, Father. And we're believing you for more. We want increased miracles. We want increased signs and wonders. We want to see multitudes come to know the Savior. We want to see multitudes healed and, and brought into a place of love and joy and peace. We want to see communities transformed into safe, crime-free places. Bring your kingdom, Lord. May your kingdom come and your will be done. Let it be done here in Kalamazoo just as it is in heaven. We agree together for better things because of your holy presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we were just sort of wondering what God wants to do. And, and uh, we, Cameron made the comment about healing. And, and we would love to see like a real sweep of, of healing go through your community. And I think in terms of this church, it hasn't happened a lot. And I, I would like to see it released yeah. here. Yes. And, and if we read from John chapter 14, verse 12, there's a very important verse there. And I would encourage you to print it out and stick it up in your fridge. And maybe a second one, stick it up in your bathroom mirror. And just read it until it gets really inside of you. But it's the words of Jesus, and he says this, Truly, truly, I say to you. How many of you know when Jesus says, truly, truly, in other words, no kidding, listen up, everybody, this is really, really important, that maybe we should listen to that. He or she who believes in me, is that you? Are you a believer in Jesus? If so, raise your hand and wave it excitedly. <laughs> Heaven's watching for those who's not putting their hands up. Okay. The works that I do, you will do. Now, it goes on to talk about greater works, but if you keep reading, you get all distracted. But I wonder what the greater works are. So let's just come back. The works that I do, you will do. What's your favorite miracle of Jesus? Water into wine? Who said that? I mean, th that was his first miracle. Um, that, that would not be mine if I was picking, you know. But uh, it was a good one, you know. I've seen him multiply water, but I've yet to see water into wine. What else? What's your favorite miracle? What? Raising Lazarus. That was, that was amazing. <laughs> Lazarus has been dead four days. Jesus took his time getting there. 
And the sisters are like, if only you'd been here, our brother would not have died. And in Jesus, this this point, he knows what he's going to do, but he goes to the to the tomb and he weeps anyway, knowing what he's going to do. And he said, "Father, I, I thank you that you've heard me, and you always hear me. But I said this just for the benefit of the people around. Can you imagine if I was going to raise the dead?" And I knew it from God. There's a guy dead four days. This is a very big deal. It's right next to Jerusalem, so Jewish leaders are there. This is a huge deal. And he knows what's going to happen. He knows the outcome. And he's weeping anyway. I would have been like, hey, it's going to be okay, everybody. Don't, don't cry. I just have a feeling it's going to be, you know, turn out all right here. And because I, I wouldn't be able to keep the smirk off my face, I don't think. But, but he got right into the, the, the emotion of his friend had died. And, uh, and the, I think he was extrapolating that into the effects of death all over the human race. And he's the resurrection and the life. He says, Lazarus, come forth. And he's saying, the works that I do you will do. Are you up for that? (sighs) Multiplying food, calming the storm, walking on water. You do that in Michigan, don't you? (laughs) But this would be in the summertime. And uh, yeah, all all of those things. And so you got to start somewhere. And I want to encourage you all to get started. And so we're going to transition into that in the sort of the second half tonight. But first, I, I want to talk to you about grace and forgiveness. And here's why. Because most of us think we're okay pretty much the way we are. And we, we have a revelation that at the cross, you pass from death to life. And so there is a sense that what happened in the past is no longer an issue. You just go forward. So forgetting those things that are behind, we press on for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. But then there's another aspect there where the baggage that we have from the past needs to be brought to the, to the cross and to be dealt with with, with grace and, and forgiveness because unforgiveness is such a huge grace blocker. And there's another bum, other number of other things we could talk about that does that as well. And so there's, there's, there's intense anger. There's, there's uh, unforgiveness, like I said, the big one. But there's pain, and there's shame, and there's fear, and there's hurt, and there's a number of things that get on us emotionally and undermine our trust. And we need to release it so that we can come into a place of peace with him and have our trust built back up so that we can begin to believe him and trust him for more. So let's look at a couple of scriptures together. 
turn with me to Ephesians chapter 2. This is such a fantastic book. By the way, I hope you read your Bibles. Do you? How many read their Bibles? Let's see. Read it every day. Memorize it. Get it into your spirit because this is the Word of God. I was telling the leaders the other day here that Jesus made the statement that it is easier for heaven and earth to pass away than for one letter in the law to fail. Now, that's pretty amazing. And at one time, I used to think he was just uh, using exaggeration to make a true statement that the Bible's true. But no, he, he meant what he said. I know that now, because I took the time to study it in many, many ways. Oh, the Word of God. Here's what it says in Ephesians chapter 2. Verse 4, God, who's rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ, by grace you've been saved, and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that is not of yourselves. It's not self-effort. It is the gift of God not of works, lest anyone should boast. There's a very, very important foundational truth here that we all need to get. Now, good works are important, and we all want good works, and we want to serve God, and we want to help others, okay? But in terms of your salvation, you cannot do one single thing to earn it. You're too much in debt. You owe a mountain of debt. And when he pays your debt for you, you get to go free. And that's what salvation's all about. How many are thankful for Jesus? Yeah. See, see, that's why he's not just a good teacher or a, or a good prophet or uh, a miracle worker or any. He's all those things, but he's not just that. He has to be the virgin-born son of God or the whole thing falls apart because the debt of the human race was so great that it took the son of God to come and, and pay the debt uh, himself so that we could be free. And see, so the gospel is this kind of really, um, in some ways, bizarre answer to a global problem. And the global problem is all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, and what are we going to do? Nothing left to do but judge them all and wipe them all out. Except if someone's willing and loving enough to come and pay their debt and trade places for them, then maybe we could start again. And so the Son of God is willing to act on the Father's plan to come and redeem the human race. And he does it with such grace and such humility and with, with, in such a way that nobody's coerced into this. Yeah. It's not so, uh, 
intense that people feel they have no choice. They feel like they have a choice. And so some people say, I want him, and others say, I don't want him. We, we went in the hotel in uh, Muskegon last night. And, uh, you know, there's a Christian concert going on and all that's happening. And, and it, it just seemed like there was Christians everywhere. So I'm, I'm jokingly said, Cameron, is everybody in Michigan a Christian? <laughs> now, I was joking because I know better than that. But I just said that because there seemed to be so many. Well, the girl behind the counter says, no, they're not. I'm an avowed atheist. And we're like, whoo, okay. There's one hurting little girl right there. And so, see, the, 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 the illusion is that you have free choice. But for the life of me, I can't figure why people would, would not choose him. Because if you're an avowed atheist, you know what that means? You believe in evolution. You think you came from a slime pit and... Uh, and your ancestors were monkeys, and uh, you know you're going to die one day soon, and that's the end of you. Well, where's the hope in that, for goodness' sake? This this is important stuff. Well, we now have to get with the program and understand how grace works. Now, this word grace, it used to be that. It was a word that I heard all my life, and I wasn't. Re I knew it was a good thing, but I wasn't quite sure what it meant. So, what's grace mean? Well, it's it's good, something good. I mean, it's it's from God. Uh, you know, a little nebulous, but I didn't know until I, I really started to study into it. But it comes from the word charis, where we get words like charity. I mean, grace. You can imagine. Charis, grace. I mean, it's kind of slurred over in English. <laughs> but it means simply a free gift. Free gift to the undeserving. You've heard of charismatic, haven't you? That's the gifts of the Spirit. And so it's, it's freely given. And so when he gives you a free gift, the natural response is appreciation. Thank you, Lord, for forgiving me. Now, there's more to it than that because what the, with, with the new covenant is based on grace. The old covenant is based on doing what you're told. And somehow I think a lot of churches have got that mixed up or they got to blend somehow. But the, the idea is the old covenant has been totally satisfied and fulfilled by Jesus Christ. And, and he says things like, I didn't come to do away with the law. I just came to fulfill it. So the law still, still stands. I mean, and the law is good. How many know that um, justice is a good thing? It's injustice that's not good. And we get those terms confused. You know, I talk our young people through it again and again that Justice is a good thing. It's not a bad thing. Uh, anarchy is a bad thing, where there is no justice and recourse. But it's and so that our whole salvation is based on the justice of God 
who is perfect in all his ways. So we can't just say, ah, why don't we just throw a moratorium on sin and, hey, everybody's pardoned. It all just goes away. No. He can't do that because he is perfect in all his ways. And if he says, it's okay for you to hurt me, and never mind, just forgive the guy. And it's okay for me to hurt you and sin against you and kill and rape and do whatever. And, and then one day, it's all is forgiven. No, he can't do that. His perfect justice demands that justice be satisfied. Do you understand that? Even though God is love, he's also perfect justice. And so he comes up with this brilliant plan that God himself, God the Son, will come to the earth and pay off everybody's debt. Okay, what's that going to look like? Well, that's going to look like he actually dies instead of you. But then it wouldn't be right for him to take on my sin and that's the end of him. That would be unjust because actually he never did anything wrong. And so he's raised from the dead three days later. And it's, it's the most wonderful plan of salvation ever so that you and I can have the best future ever. And it looks like this. We leave the justice level. So let's assume this floor represents perfect justice. In, un, in, on, in, a, in a perfect justice system, I, being a guilty one, will face the righteous judge one day and give an account of my life and come up short. Uh-oh. But I hear the good news. Jesus wants to be your Savior. He wants to pay your debt. And so I say, yes, Lord, I'm guilty. I'm sorry for all my sin. Please come into my heart. Wash me, cleanse me, forgive me. And I get to leave the, the, the justice system, and I go to a higher place. I go up into the mercy and the grace of God. So I started saying, well, justice is good, but mercy's better. The law is good, but grace is better. 